Hello. It is Monday, June 29th. My name is Trent Reinsmith. I am the host of the Come On Now MMA podcast. And time for another edition. Um, I want to start off talking today about pay. Specifically about the pay that Dustin Poirier and Dan Hooker received for Saturday's UFC on ESPN 12 main event. So it's going to be in, the fight's going to be in the running for fight of the year. And justifiably so. It was an exciting fight. It was one of those fights where you kind of got the feeling that even before the event, it was going to go the distance and it was going to be a barn burner. And both fighters were also going to be looking for the finish the entire time. And I, th- and I think that's what happened. And it was, if, if you were disappointed in anything in that fight, I don't know what you were expecting. But it, it was definitely a fight that could have headlined a pay-per-view. And, and I don't think anyone would have anyone would have batted an eye at that but instead it was on ESPN and ESPN plus and it it delivered it was a perfect uh, fight to enter a break on and it's going to give a, people a lot to discuss as we head into UFC 251 and these are the kind of things that you used to the, used to get when the UFC wasn't holding events every weekend You'd have a little time to absorb the last event and then start thinking about the next one. And I think that's something that we should really do. Look at, you could watch this fight every day for the next two weeks and you would just be amazed by it. And then when the pay comes out, and you should also be amazed by that, by how paltry it was. Hooker, who, um,. I'm going to, both of these fighters were obviously on show and win. And when it comes to pay in the UFC, show and win is one of my least favorite things. The whole setup is designed specifically to pay fighters half the money they should get under some kind of false pretense that fighters will try harder if there's a show and win setup. It's a lie, it's been proven to be a lie. This fight is one of the examples you can point to and and ask what could Dan Hooker have done to try harder to get the win here? What could Dustin Poirier have done to try harder to get a finish here? It's, It's a joke, but people still buy it because Dana White vehemently says it's the correct thing to do as far as fighters go. And it is for him because... Now he only has to pay Dan Hooker 110,000 instead of 220,000. So Hooker made 110,000 and what makes this even more ridiculous is that he was coming off that win over Paul Felder that was also an exciting fight where both fighters left with a ton of damage. And then you get Poirier who made 300,000 and that's with one, it was a 150-150 win and show and win for him, which is just 
kind of gross for how long Poirier has been fighting and for how much he's delivered to the UFC. But that's the setup of the contracts, despite the fact that when Poirier beat Holloway, he received flat a flat 250 for that. We don't have his pay for what he got when he fought Habib. But I'm going to assume it was at least 250 and probably between 350 and 500,000. And then he drops back down because he lost the interim title. He drops back down to 150 and 150, which I just find kind of slimy when it comes to someone like Poirier, who is, has proven to be one of the most exciting fighters in the lightweight division, one of the best fighters in the lightweight division, and someone who headlines uh, events on the reg. So he should be paid more. Hooker should have been, should pay get paid at least two hundred twenty thousand, and it was it's just disgusting how the pay works, and unless the MMA media keeps pressuring this, unless the fighters keep pressuring it, it's just gonna get forgotten how how poorly the UFC fighters are paid and how much of the revenue the UFC gets. It gets eighty percent. The fighters get twenty percent, and that's the best case scenario, and. This is something that's cooked into the the operation operational plan of the UFC. So they're not going to change that unless they are forced to change that. And it's up to the fighters, it's up to the media, it's up to the fans to try and force that change. Hopefully that can happen. Um, but I don't I don't know when it will happen. It's kind of the same thing as the drug testing without people poking at it continuously the UFC is going to resist for as long as they can so it's up to us to break that and just keep poking and poking and poking and prodding and forcing change and fighters are starting to do that now as well so hopefully this will uh, this will end well for the fighters and the UFC is still going to keep most of the money because there's no a fighters association, but 20% when most other sports get closer to 50, well, that's just not something that sits well with me. And if it, if it, sit, if it does sit well with you, I, I, I don't know uh, that I could ever change your mind on that one because it's so lopsided, it's really unfair, especially the cost the fighters pay. The physical toll of these fights so it was depressing to see how little hooker and poye made for for what they what they put out there on the topic of fighter pay we have curtis blades who spoke up about fighter pay or lack of fighter pay before his fight at UFC on ESPN3 and because of his what he had to say about that uh, of course UFC president Dana White had to take the opportunity to 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 shit on Blades after the event um, and after the fight went down at the post fight press conference White said when you talk shit like he talked this week you better come in and whoop somebody's ass when you talk shit like that when you talk the shit that he 
talked and performed like he performed tonight, you look stupid. The shit-talking that Blades did before the fight was more or less saying that he was going to do exactly what he did during the fight, which was go out and wrestle and take Alexander Volkov down and, and use, his, use his wrestling skills to, to win the fight. And that's exactly what he did. He racked up 14 takedowns on 25 attempts, which equate to, if you look at the fight, a one takedown attempt every minute. And yeah, he ran out of gas because if you try 25 takedowns, you're going to run out of gas. Even if, even if you're not a heavyweight, that's a lot of energy to expend over 25 minutes, one takedown every minute. But... So before the fight card, Blade said that he wanted an improvement in the the split, the revenue split, which, as I said, is 80-20 in favor of the UFC. And Blades didn't ask for anything ridiculous. He just said, you know, bump it up to maybe 29%. It's a, it's a, it's a small change, when you, again, when you consider that other sports get closer to 50. And... Anyone with a brain knows that that's why White was was speaking out against how Blades performed against Volkov. And so Blades spoke to Luke Thomas, and here's what he had to say about Dana White. And this is a quote from the Luke Thomas show. He doesn't like me for three reasons. A, I speak my mind. He doesn't like that. B, my style, what I bring to the octagon octagon i'm very grappling heavy and see because yeah i do believe i don't get paid what i'm worth and i speak on that so he's just using this to try and make me feel bad i guess so i won't speak out again but it's not going to work what's wrong is wrong and when i have a platform and i'm able to speak on it i want to speak on it so that's good um it's good to see that blades is not going to fall for this tough guy and intimidation intimidation of from white um because he shouldn't i mean he knows the facts and this is something that white is going to have to accept unless unless he's living in this this little insular bubble he has to know that everyone knows the split now because of the antitrust lawsuit he can deny that and he can cry pandemic and, and everything and anything that he wants. But the split is the split. And the fighters are getting the shaft. And so the days of us thinking that the fighters were getting the shaft, but having no real proof of that, those days are long gone and now we know. And so these fighters need to speak up. Is it going to hurt them? I don't know. A fighter like Blades, who has the skills to beat almost anyone in the heavyweight division, the UFC can't really give him a bad fight because he's, his wrestling skills are so much higher than almost everyone else in the, in the division. Now, a lower-level fighter speaking up, they might get a harder matchup because of to shut them up and run them out of the UFC, which, again... We know happens because of the antitrust lawsuit, but Blades is not gonna not gonna back off on this. Hopefully, John Jones doesn't back off on it, and hopefully Jorge Masvidal doesn't back off on it. Gray Maynard, uh, 
speaking up. Anyone and everyone should speak up, uh, speak up on this, especially you know, if you have the retired fighters that know how badly they got screwed. Speak up, offer your voice, throw it in there to the, to the conversation. The more voices, the better. And, um, yeah, so Blades also said of, uh, of how the pay situation, he knows we're not getting paid enough, and then he takes away the option to get big money out of sponsors because they got the Reebok deal. Let's just do away with the Reebok deal. Give us the option to get outside sponsors to cash big money. Give us that. That's a start. I know this is the taboo word and we aren't supposed to speak of it, but a union, every other major sports league has a union, so I think that's probably the only way for us to really get what we want, but I don't know how that's going to happen. Yeah, the union thing is difficult because there's just too many fighters who are making so little outside the UFC that that 12000 contract looks like a good deal. Um, the Reebok deal is going to end this year. There's going to be another uniform or fight kit to replace the Reebok deal. You can bet on that because it, it makes the UFC a ton of money and it keeps the fighters without sponsors. Um, I would hope the UFC is going to be a little more open and, and works a deal for the fighters to enable them to get sponsors. I think that would be smart on the UFC's part. But I don't, I don't think it's going to happen because they don't really care about what the fighters make as long as they don't make more than 20% of the revenue. But good on Blades here for speaking up. More fighters that are comfortable in their situation should feel free to do the same. One of those fighters that feels pretty comfortable is Jorge Masvidal. And if you recall, Dana White had said not too long ago that the UFC is not a career, but an opportunity. Masvidal, who has been in the game for a long time, wanted White to explain what he meant by that. And so here is Jorge Masvidal commenting on Dana White's This Is Not A Career speech you know we, we get into all this money shit and the stuff that's going on right now everybody acts like this is a fucking career this isn't a career this is not a, a career this is an opportunity oh i want to address something actually because of the dana white thing dana white i think uh said the other day i'm using that maybe he could explain this um he said this is not a career it's an opportunity i've been doing this 16 years Shit, I've had a lot of opportunity, huh? <laughs> That's crazy. So it's not a career, Dana White. That's interesting to know, man. I just, I really think sometimes we don't see eye to eye on anything you fucking say, bro. How is this not a career, you know? It's crazy. My take on this is, this is just a way for White to spin the pay situation to his advantage. And by saying this is not a career, it's an opportunity... It's a way for the UFC to say, well, you know, we create opportunities. It's up to the fighters to make those opportunities, make what they can of those opportunities. And if it works out and they make a lot of money, they make a lot of money. If it doesn't work out, they don't. So the reality is if you go into a sport where 
you're going to accumulate a lot of physical damage to your body. Your goal in that should be to make generational wealth. And you can see that in the NFL, that's what a lot of folks are doing. They're, they get into the NFL. They play for a few years. And this is the top-tier guys, which I would consider Jorge Masvidal one of the top-tier guys at this point. And then they get a bunch of money, and, and then they get out. And more often... Lately, we've, we're seeing NFL players get in and out quickly where they make their money and they get out before they have really racked up a lot of damage to their, to their bodies and to their brains. And I think that's the realization that these players are coming to is, all right, maybe I'm not going to make as much as I could have if I would have prolonged my career, but I'm going to make enough for me and my kids and maybe their grandkids to live on, and I'm going to be able to enjoy that more because I won't have so much damage done to my, my body. And the UFC is the same, same kind of situation. And I, I don't know why someone would put their put themselves through all that for you know the possibility of a $24,000 and then having to retire and 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 work a straight gig for the rest of their lives while their body is broken down their mind is broken down and they have nothing really to show for that so this the UFC should be a career Fighters should be able to retire from the sport, from the UFC, with enough money that they don't have to worry about getting a second job. Especially guys like Masvidal, who have been doing it for so long. So, I think fighters need to really push White on this, and Masvidal is doing the right thing. Why is it not a career? You're going to tell me that you're going to have an elite level athlete like John Jones and you're going to say, this is not a career. George St. Pierre, this is not a career. It, it makes no sense other than if you want to look at it as white spinning the pay issue and looking for a way out of paying these fighters as much as they deserve. It's, it's transparent, it's shady, but that's what he's doing here. So, you know, make him answer that question. Why should, why should Jorge Masvidal not be considered a career UFC athlete? Why should he have to fight for more money? And, and, and you know, the same with John Jones. Why should John Jones, who is recognized as probably the best MMA athlete ever, why should he have to fight for more money? It doesn't make much sense to me. So this is another thing that White needs to be pushed on from the media. Other fighters explain why this isn't a career. 
In the aftermath of UFC on ESPN 12, we found out that Mike Perry has a bit of a situation on his hands when it comes to paying his taxes, as in he owes the IRS, I'm going to guess, a fairly significant amount of money. Um, so I want to play what Perry had to say after his win. He spoke to John Anik, and then I want to comment on that. So here is what Mike Perry had to say about his situation. What does the rest of the year hold for Platinum Mike Perry? Eh, I'm going to go find that team. I got to make some moves. I got to take this money. I got to move to a new area, me and my girl. And uh, there's some big things happening in my life. And I'm going to go put some things together. I got to pay some bills, pay some debts. Uh, I got to go talk to the tax folk and uh, see if we can run that number down because I believe I paid out, you know, over $100,000 last year between a couple different countries. And then they trying to hit me again at the end of the year. It's almost like I don't even fight for minimum wage sometimes. So, and look, I ain't trying to be one of these guys asking for more money. I'm not. I'm asking for the government to stop taking so much of this. So, you know what I mean? Like, something got to work out. Maybe we put in contract that the taxes is paid when platinum gets paid. Like when I get paid, that's it. Y'all, that's my money. You don't give me money if you don't want me to spend it. And right. then you're going to come back and ask me for something later. Right. That don't even make no sense. I'm right. trying to wild out, bro. I mean, I, my tie's on the beach. I, I, I don't disagree with you and congrats on, on a big win tonight. Hey, you're 1-0 with Latori Gonzalez in your corner. So 1-0, my man. Enjoy it. I appreciate it. So the first thing that comes to my mind listening to this is don't these fighters have managers because a manager should explain to a fighter that hey you need to put 40 percent of that of that away of your pay to put it put it as to the side to pay your your, your taxes as a independent contractor now, I also understand Perry's point in that, you know, you're giving him money and he's going to spend it. So, you know, these f fighters are a different breed than, than, than most people. I think we know that. And Mike Perry is a different breed even above and beyond uh, uh, your, your everyday UFC or MMA fighter. So... Maybe uh, maybe Mike Perry's management needs to get a little better handle on his tax situation and income situation and deal with it for him, um, because now he's gonna he's probably gonna have to pay penalties on this, and that's just gonna hurt more. So yeah, taxes as an independent contractor are pain in the ass. And that's if you, they're even a pain in the ass if you're just in one state. If you're fighting all over the United States, if you're fighting all over the world, um, it, it becomes even more cumbersome. So if the UFC or the could offer a deal to the fighters where it could, you know, do the taxes for, A certain percentage of the the pay, maybe fighters would take advantage of that. But then again, then that becomes a little more, a little less independent contractor and a little more employee. So I understand why the there would be a 
a reason for them not to do that. But the management team might say, here, we're going to take your pay and we're going to put your taxes aside and we'll, we'll work out a deal where we pay your quarterly taxes or we'll pay your taxes at the end of the year and we'll work with you and get a accountant on 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 your behalf for you to to do your taxes and maybe that's something that uh management teams as big as front row management do they get an accountant on on staff and work with these fighters there's really no reason that a, a management team that big couldn't or shouldn't do that it it would you know you keep everything in centralized in that one team the accountant can work with the fighters as they compete, as they do their camps, help them out on how they can better deal with their tax situation. And there's no reason that that shouldn't be done. There's no reason that a, that a fighter should have to pay a penalty for not paying their taxes or not doing their taxes properly. It just makes me think the management's dropping the ball here. And... That might be true, that might not, but the UFC should explain this situation to the fighters when they sign. They should try and set them up with a with, with a accountant then, or at least tell them what to look for in an accountant. And, yeah, help them out. There's no reason not to. Uh, fighter, The management team should help, the UFC should help, and... Again, this is something that could help if the uh, if the fighters got an association. The association could help. There's ways that these guys should be helped so that they don't have to worry about these things. But there's always somebody that's not not doing what they're supposed to do in this sport and it's it gets a little sad after a while. So hopefully Perry works this all out and hopefully he gets a better situation going forward where he's not so, so he doesn't have to worry about this kind of thing. But again, this is another thing that you just don't know if you can count on. Speaking of Perry, it was, so his, his girlfriend cornered him and we saw how that went at UFC on ESPN 12. Was it, it wasn't anything great. But again, Perry said that he doesn't need anybody to corner him because he knows what he's going to do. So, okay, great. But the story of Perry's girlfriend cornering him just took off and, and it got a life of its own. And now this story is somehow bigger than the fact that Sean O'Malley got stiffed on what he said was a million dollars worth of Reebok sales and he only got a $3,000 royalty check. Um, the UFC ranking story gets overlooked because of this, where the people on the rankings committee are given notes and what seem to be suggestions on how to rank fighters, whether they win or lose. Um, Max Roshkoff's interview with Mike Heck, which was a fantastic interview, where you got a, a big look into what, make Rosh, what makes Roshkoff tick, that gets overlooked. Um, the pay between the pay of Poirier and Hooker gets overlooked, and 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 this is the big story of of the of of the fight week is that Mike Perry had his girlfriend corner him. 
I don't understand it. It's uh, it's a little. And then and then people wonder why MMA sites do uh, do stories that you know do quote unquote clickbait because that's what people like. It's that's what people want to read. They want to read the fantastic and not the uh, not you know not get down into the minutia of the sport. So it's a it's a it's a weird thing. But yeah, a lot of a lot of important stories got overlooked and it's it, another thing that this is a bad episode, man. It's another another depressing thing in the MMA world. And with that, I'm going to call it a night. Until tomorrow, everybody stay safe.